I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Yeah, we're doing terror first. Dice don't lie. Hello and welcome to For the Lore. This is Roger coming to you on February 13th for our 100th and 1 episodes. And seeing as I only got a couple of applications to renew, replace the fuck nuts, I guess they may as well just keep them. So boys, how's it going? Fantastic. You've got the week off. It's, it's my birthday week. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, Vincent, was your birthday on the weekend? Weekend, was it not? No, that was a, a Valentine's weekend. Okay, I thought it was your birthday as well. Well, fine, then screw you. Birthday's coming up. I know it's coming up. Are no, you taking a week off I'm as well? I'm not 14 years old. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> okay, let's jump right in. And uh, this week, we're actually not going to cover any Star Wars stuff. I mean, holy crap. We'll Although, see. dudes, level 49. I guarantee we'll wrap back around to it before we're done. Level 49. Oh, yeah. My we'll Sith Inquisitor, level 49. And actually, Vince, I have um, an epic uh, robe that you can have for you for yourself your character actually because i've got i was making uh, a whole bunch of robes both for myself and for zalik and just kept reverse engineering it to try to get the epics of that for myself it's still freaking the green one because of course i can't get the the reverse engineering to, to give me anything but the one for zalik boom epic right away so i've got a nice epic one if you want it it's level 49 nifty all right, let's jump right into first the beta, and then we're going to cover the release. So that means we'll touch on Terra first, because the uh, beta weekend was this weekend, and I wanted to see how much time you guys got to put into it. Joel, you were saying you played quite a bit. I put a ton of hours into there. I leveled up uh, both a Mystic and a Lancer. Okay. Um, to what levels? I made it to, like I think it was like 11 on both. Right. Okay. So, decent amount of hours. Okay. Vince? Uh, I had other plans, so I couldn't spend nearly as much time. But I got my Lancer to, I think, yeah, around level 10. Okay. I actually didn't put as much time as well. I did the same thing as you and the wife and I did our Valentine's Day yesterday. So, uh, But I still did put in quite a few hours. I still managed to, I probably put in four hours all told in the weekend, maybe five. And my son played for a few hours as well. So before we get into my opinions, <laughs> which I've kind of alluded to with both Joe as well as Tart. We'll start with Vince. What did you actually think of this? Amazingly fun. Um, I, I just love the gameplay. Uh, great visual world, very cool style. Um, so I, I do have kind of mixed feelings, like the, the questing and stuff, like we've been there. Uh, I like the, the, the map and how everything was integrated in there with the journal. Uh, made it very seamless without, you know, the giant, hey, go here, idiot going on. Um, but I don't know. I, I, at least early on, it was starting to get kind of repetitive for me. Kind of repetitive? 
Okay. I'll give All my right, a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe. I know you you want to gush. Well, okay. Aside from the question, which I'll get to in a second, um, I really, really love the visual of the game. I've always been a fan of sort of that that J-pop feel, and you get exactly that. You got your anime style game from the character develop from the character design essentially from everything that you get to customize your character with to the world where you look up and you see the giant floating everything. Um, it's just it's one of those really cool experiences when you go in and you see this very vibrant, very alive world, and it's one of those things you don't see very often in western games right now a lot of them tend to be very dark and dreary um they tend to be very drab so it's a nice contrast so i really enjoyed that i really 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 enjoyed the gameplay that was not on purpose i swear (laughs) (laughs) wow i wasn't trying to cut you off actually may as well leave this in it's not outtakes (laughs) i was going to send you an aim message saying raise your mic up five percent because it's a little hard to hear you so see i was actually trying to be nice so that we can even hear you more and i kind of was still in the soundboard anyways if you can remember where you were keep going the world is very pretty, and I really like that. And I really, really enjoyed the gameplay of it. Um, the gameplay was really what really stuck with me. The fact that you're dodging um, out of combat, the fact that you can actually block um, your abilities, like uh, the incoming attacks as a tank, which was absolutely huge for me. Like, I'm sitting there as a lancer, and I'm going through the first instance, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is awesome. This giant thing's trying to hit me. Screw that. I have a shield. Wah! And it's like actually engaging me in the gameplay of the world um including the you know everything from the combat to the damage to dealing the damage now what also got me um was that the the healing the healing was phenomenal and i've always been a fan of heads up healing in all sorts of other games right like in world of warcraft i usually have nameplates up so i can use that instead of just regular you know little uh, plates or things like that or, or or raid icons or things like that but here it was just a whole nother level. Having to target my spells, having to, you know, paint the AOE into the field, so to speak, where you have to literally drag your cursor across to get your AOE spells to go. Um, it was just an absolutely phenomenal experience. And I really enjoyed it. Like healing is one of those things for us, like we said before. In every game we want to heal, we want to see how it's like. Well, I can see this keeping me very interested and on my toes the entire time. So yeah. Okay, my turn. I was disappointed. I and I it was funny because I was talking to the wife about this too and I was saying how cuz she was saying okay, are you disappointed because the hype was too much and it didn't meet that? And I was saying no, I that's not how I I rate a game, my my internal ratings meter kind of thing. No. Yes, it I I I may be disappointed that it didn't reach as high as what we'd hoped, but if it's still a solid game, it's still a solid game, period. And unfortunately, wow, there were a lot of things with this that I really had issues with. Now, granted, some of that may change, too. Now, uh, it may get better later on. That's fine. And it's funny because, again, when I was talking to the wife, I was saying, well, we're still in the starting levels kind of thing, so it might get better or whatever. And as I'm saying it, she's saying the same thing and saying that shouldn't matter. And it shouldn't. It should hook you right from the get-go. And unfortunately, wow, this does not. 
I thought the questing was terrible. It was really terrible. Why not just rename the questing, go kill five trees, you know, or X amount of trees. It, the, the questing was so repetitive. It was unbelievable. I was not impressed with the, um, with the writing for the quests either for the most part was bland, didn't really suck you into that world. And on occasion, breaks the fourth wall by making reference to your UI and things like that. And then the, um, I found that the, um, the NPCs also, a lot of them, the voice acting was terrible. I really wasn't digging the NPCs, the, the, the voice acting at all. Yes, we've been spoiled by the old Republic, but there's still, you know, degrees here. And a lot of these guys, I was not impressed. And then you get the the little NPC catchphrases that are supposed to, you know, keep you immersed in that world as well were, again, I found ridiculous. The, I didn't do it. You didn't do what? What, what are you talking about? What, what, what is this? And then, as was said by many people, it is highly over-sexualized. Now, oh, man. it's one thing to have, you know, the, the quote-unquote typical, stereotypical fantasy clothing attire and it's and it works both ways you have the men that you know someone on roids could never get this big big burly chest and everything and then the women with just as large a chest in other ways Um, but this went beyond that way 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 beyond that and apparently the artists there don't quite understand female anatomy very well it's all well and good to go back to those stereotypes where gravity doesn't apply to the upper part of a woman's body. But apparently they also think that the inside of their breasts is a very fluid liquid that kind of just, there's more jiggling action here than would be on anybody. It's, it's ridiculous. There's one, one NPC near the start, every time she crosses her arm, it's like the, it's a crowd doing the wave. It's like, it, oh, come on. It's a very powerful motion, too, because it can even make the plate mail. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And but then, hold on. You, you, no, it's too much. I'm sorry, but it's it's it goes beyond that. It's, I, I again, when you're seeing that level of jiggling. That I'll let is, you finish, then I'll return. Oh, my God. It was just ridiculous. Now, take uh, that I would be able to deal with. To a certain degree, I think it's childish and it makes it. We've talked about this before on the Common Book Informer podcast, where when it's pandering to the 14 year old that is masturbating in their bedroom kind of thing, that kind of thing. I, I'm sorry, but as an adult male, I look at that and go, come on, give me a break. But then tack on top of that, the little bunny girls that are in very skimpy clothing and that are being played by a grown men. That goes so far beyond creepy that it, I, I felt I had to wash myself afterwards. And I've actually seen screenshots. And mind you, people are complaining about this, that one of the, the biggest things on mass did with the localization was make the outfits less revealing. Like, this Ugh. is nothing compared to the Korean version. See, and that's what you have to, you have to take that with a grain of salt, too, because you have to understand two things, right? While I may not agree with it on a, you know, my sensibility level... It was originally designed for a very Eastern market, and this is nothing compared to some of the other stuff that you see in such animes like High School of the Dead or or other such things where their boobs, the physics that we see here is nothing compared to what their tits do in those games. 
or those those well, animals. I'm not a fool. I've I'm seen not those saying too. That, I'm not saying that it's it's right, but at the same point, you have to take it with a grain of salt in the Western market because yes, they did tone it down for the Western market, but without completely redoing all of their art assets, how are they going to effectively be able to do it? Don't forget, we're we're not the only market they're producing this for, right? They're producing it for us and their eastern market and they have to cater to that eastern sensibility as well and trust me we're getting a much toned down version than what you're going to see in korea and that's where we get to decide as a western audience whether we choose to support it now if you're going through such it's such effort to westernize your game so that it will be popular here. That's included in it as well, in my opinion. So taking it with it's a grain of salt is awesome. does not apply when you are looking at a game that is not just a port over to the Western audience, but a complete rewrite in many cases and something sure. like that. And, and this is where I will disagree with you again, because the sheer amount of cost and man hours and everything else it would take to completely redo all of the art assets, they might as well just never produce the game because they're just going to go out of business trying to flip that bill. And it's one of those things where even if they may not like it and they may want to do more, they possibly can't. After having gone through even just like seeing some of the indie games and what they have to do when they're trying to take a concept from one region to the other and seeing what they're trying to do there and how much it costs them, something of this scope, it's going to be way too expensive. Again, I'm not saying that it's something that I want to see in my games all the time, but at this point, I understand where it's coming from. Will we get a little more, you know, sort of armor that's covering up the scantily clad women? Likely. Are we going to change boob physics? Probably not. You know what? I'd be all right with the women. It's the girl. And part of that is, of course, I'm a father. I've raised two girls. And and really, you're looking at this and some of those, the, the shots uh, you're watching, it's like, it, it just is beyond creepy. It really put me off. It was unbelievable. Now, going beyond that again, and, and I'm, I'm willing, I, I haven't written it off. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm just being very honest with my opinion of what I've seen so far. So I'm willing to keep going on the beta weekends to see how it progresses and all that, because I'm willing to put up with those few problems if the, mainly the questing and the lore really, really picks up, because so far it hasn't. The gameplay itself was fun. Granted, I actually found it more sluggish than I would have liked. Quite a bit more sluggish. It wasn't nearly as fast-paced as I would have liked. Yes, healing on the Mystic was fun, and it is something that introduces a lot of new mechanics that I enjoyed, but it still did feel sluggish. And then, again, if they can fix the story so that it's better, then fine. But if I only had this weekend to base my decision on, well... I still haven't pre-ordered, and that would not change. The other thing, too, is not only did I find it sluggish, the combat, which is the big thing about the game, and repetitive, unbelievably repetitive. Holy crap in hell, was it ever easy. It was yeah. unbelievably... I never went down below 80% health, and I would take on multiple mobs at the same time just to make sure that it wasn't it, just me. It gets harder. Way too easy. Yeah, it, it seems to me like they went too far toning down the difficulty because they knew people were going to have trouble getting used to the new mechanics. But I, I think they took it too far because, yeah, from what I've heard around level 18 or so, yeah, the difficulty gets like ramps up to, you know, a pretty significant level. But okay. 18 levels of click, click, one, two, click, click, I win. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, and it's, again, it's... see, we, this is where 
it's I know that you're enjoying some of it, and I and, and I don't want to take that away from you, Joe. Again, yeah. we, we're having our own opinions. Well, no, no, it's, but it's not but hold on one second though. But here's the thing that I keep thinking of, and I don't want to use the term hypocritical because you like these guys and and it is the wrong term but for lack of being able to come up with a, a better one you've said over and over and over again that if a game can't hold you inside of 15 minutes that's it you're done with it now based yep. on the questing in this which is what we're all about and i know you care about the story just as much as we do the only thing they possibly could have held you would have been the the gameplay and that's it well, the quest scene is definitely weak at the beginning. It's your stereotypical, you know, MMO, go kill 10 of this, go gather 10 of this. But at this point, we're sort of used to seeing that with the very few exceptions of, you know, Star Wars. And even then, Star Wars does do that. They just present it in a much different manner that you don't really notice it as much. Um, so, yes, the quest scene is definitely a little lackluster. However, the quest scene definitely gets better when you start entering things like the instances. The amount of story that is there, the amount of questing that is there is very good, especially in the first instance, the Bastion. And I'm not going to ruin too much because I really think you guys should experience it for yourself and I want to hear your opinions on it. But it's one of those things where I'm sitting there and I'm trudging through and I'm like really enjoying the combat. But yeah, the question is definitely not cluster. Then I get to the instance and I do the instance and I get to the story and I get to the lore of the, this one little zone. And it's like, wow, this is really kind of cool. And then you can see where it starts to go from there. And it's it's it's, it's literally like that first impression while I really wish it was better than what it was, the combat was enough to hold me in the game longer than 15 minutes so that I got to experience, you know, some of the cooler things later on. And that was what was what I got out of it. And it has nothing to do with me liking the guys or liking the company or anything like that. I am very steadfast when it comes to that. If you don't hold me in that 15 minutes, I'm not bothering with your damn game. Well, they definitely held my attention for more than 15 minutes. It, the combat alone was enough to keep me in there. It was a lot of fun. It was very engaging. The healing especially, too. And then being able to get there and see sort of like the lore start to unravel and start to get those little those little breadcrumbs are going to lead you through the rest of the world. Yeah, I'm willing to give it a, a, a much more much more of my time. Okay, because honestly, based on what I'll come back to you in a second, Vince. Yeah. Based on what I played, I literally felt like I was at times forcing myself, and I didn't play it as much as I could have this weekend too, just because literally I got bored, turned it off, and played Star Wars again. And I don't want to sound like a Star Wars fanboy by any means, but they're doing so many things right in my opinion with that game, and so. I just turned it off not to play. Now, my son, who is 14 and loves to game, loves betas. He loves getting into the stuff with me and we play and all that. And he's been looking forward to this game as well. Now, I've seen him do shit that is so repetitive in games that I want to gouge my eyes out just watching. And he'll do it quite happily because at that age, they don't have as much of a problem. For him, for me to go up and see that he's not playing anymore. And it's like, what, you don't feel like playing anymore? And he went, well... Oh. It's kind of boring. Wow. That's saying a lot. For me right now, my number one concern is that I'm going to play the beta so much that once the actual game comes out, I won't want to play it anymore. Just due to the simple fact that there is only one leveling path. Like it's, it's the same problem I had in Ion, how I played the beta so much. Once the game actually came out, I had no motivation to play anymore because I'd already seen 
half of what it had to offer. I, for the beta, I'm more interested in trying out all the classes, getting each of the classes to level 10 or so, than I am actually progressing to see the later, more interesting content. Yeah, I, I'm very worried because, uh, well, see, I, I don't want to do that starting area again. I really, really <laughs> just don't want to do it again. Okay, let's move on to another. And this was the the release that came out last week that everybody was waiting for. And, of course, that was Reckoning. Now, Vince, you got your hands on this first. Joe, when did you get your copy? Uh, day of release. Oh, you did get it. Okay, let's start with Vince. What did you think? Oh, my God. I am so <laughs> in love with this game. It's ridiculous. For the record, I haven't. Got, I just, just got mine today. It's not even finished installing. Okay, so my opinions are going to be nil. <laughs> And I, I almost can't believe I have actually said this to people. In the 10 hours I've spent with Reckoning, I've had almost as much, if not more fun, than I did in 120 hours of Skyrim. Now, that's, that's not saying, saying a lot, actually. That's not saying Reckoning is the better game. I'm not ready to make that decision yet. Skyrim had this incredibly well-realized world, great characters, great story, but so much of the stuff in between was repetitive or just non-existent. Their reckoning is nothing but the in-between. I can't go from a town to a quest objective without finding 15 interesting things to do in the middle. A, yep. a treasure chest, you know, a flower to pick, a, a shrine, a lore stone, a group of enemies. I just want to see what the heck they're, they're standing around for. I, as I said, the game has a hell of a lot of ooh shiny. Because I, after 10 minutes of going in one direction, I'll realize that's not the direction I meant to be going in the whole time. I just kept seeing more and more interesting things to do along the way. And the, the combat is just... I, I, as much as an improvement as the Skyrim combat was over Oblivion and the games that came before, it was still boring. So just having combat that has weight to it and flow, and I, I love it. <laughs> Okay, Joe? I am with Vince. I'm absolutely in love with this game. Everything from the vibrant visuals of a game that is an, uh, a high fantasy game that's not gray um, to the very interesting combat and the way that I can build my character. Like, I've been building my character as a sword and board, but I've been throwing in a little magic here and there to the point where I've got myself my little, I got this ability that lets me, you know, scorpion somebody, get over here to close the gap so that I can beat their, their face in with my broadsword. Um, What's more I like, fun is using that on the massive enemies because you fly yes, towards them. you fly towards them, which is absolutely hysterical when you have to close that gap. Um, but I mean, like, everything about the game is, it's, it's, non-stop engaging. I actually wound up doing a little bit of a feature on this, which you should you should have there for you, Raj. Um, but it's... Everything about the game is everything that I want a high fantasy game to be. Everything from the writing of the NPCs um, to the... Well, they may sometimes seem a little bit weird and out there. It's very R.A. Salvatore. Uh, to the to the mobs, to the to the, the minions, to the... the monsters that you face it's very todd mcfarlane um you have and it, it, it's just it's so like vince said it's so engaging from point a to point b like i'm doing a quest and i happen to see this guy limping up the road and he has a quest objective it's like all right well this guy is limping up the road why is he snarling at me and then i get into his story and it's like wow that's really kind of cool yeah, I think, you know what, I'm actually going to help you. You entertain me. So let's, let's go do something. And so, you know, I go and help the guy. And like, and then more stuff happens as a result of me. And it's like like this big, long, like sort of flowing out 
of, you know, you make one decision and all these other things open up for you. And there's just so much to do. There's so much to explore, so much to experience. I mean, even crafting in the game, like like the things with like alchemy, potion making, it's like experiment. Here, here's stuff. Go make things. It failed. Oh, it blew up in your face. Oh, you got this awesome potion. You know, it's just, it's really kind of cool. And it's and I'm like this. I'm not gonna say it's better than Skyrim, but it's different. And it's different to me that it's it's unfairly being compared to Skyrim and God and, and God of War. And that's one thing I think people are doing too quickly with it as they're trying to compare it to other games. It's its own entity, and when you get your hands in it, like a couple hours in, you're not going to notice you spent a couple hours in this game world, and you're going to realize that, wow, this is actually really damn cool. Because, yeah, this game has actually not been doing the best in the Metacritic scores for the most part. I'm, I'm quite surprised. I'm not. I mean, from what I've seen, it's been getting mostly around eights or so, so I think that's a fair judgment. Yeah, it's been also getting the hell. Judge, judging going by my standards of an eight, that is. Yeah, because See, the it's actually got some sixties, like some six point in some cases. That was from Edge. Edge yeah. hasn't had a reputable reveal review in about fourteen years. So okay, well, like before, I said, before, I haven't played it. So before we move on, a couple things I want to mention, especially for you, since you haven't started playing it. So more like some tips and stuff. Um, definitely set the difficulty to hard. Yes. And uh, in, in my eyes, normal mode is balanced around people who are either like really good with action, but not that into the RPG stuff, or people who are really good with RPGs and not good with action, where you can play normal mode fine with one asset. Uh, but for someone like me who's really good at both, hard at times is even kind of a joke. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, especially, you know, if you put point, a lot of points into stuff like, you know, blacksmithing and you have some amazing gear. Um, Lockpicking. Don't put a single point in that skill. Not yep. one. I, I can crack open very hard chests, breaking maybe three picks. Okay. However, dispelling, put every point you have in there. Because if you do not properly dispel a chest, it will blow up <laughs> and either curse you or outright kill you. <laughs> and also, just a, a kind of a tip, get your uh, five points into Detect Hidden as soon as possible. Into what? Detect Hidden. Okay. Yes. Because that, that, that will take the exploration aspect of the game to a whole other level once you have five points in there. Especially okay. when you realize how much is there in the world that you would have missed otherwise. Oh, God. Okay, good to know. Good to know. I'm still leaning towards going with a, a roguish type character with some magic tossed in, so I'm... I'm... Dude, Chakrams. My God. Chakrams <laughs> are awesome. It's, it's glorious. <laughs> I've got ones that set people on fire. Well... I have one that sets people on fire and electrocutes them. <laughs> I want I want those freaking Omni Blades from the Mass Effect Three thing. I want those so bad. They look so goddamn awesome. They look better than the actual Omni shit in a Mass Effect Three. So it's like, I want that really bad. Okay, let's keep going with Mass Effect then, because we got a whole bunch of uh, videos for Mass Effect Three. They they really are pushing with the promotional stuff now for that. And again, I don't know if you guys are in the same boat as I am, but it's like. The anticipation for this game, I, I it's it's I don't driving want to see me anymore. Oh my god, it's driving me insane. I want to play this so badly. Yeah, but it, it's also reached the point where I'm saturated. I don't want to know any more without experiencing it myself. Oh, I could go for more. I don't care. No, I'm I'm with Vince. I think that we've we've reached the point of full saturation, especially this close to release. 
if I'm going to learn any more about the game, I'd rather it be through my own gameplay at this point, especially with the video um, revealing the integrated story. I thought that was a bit much, honestly, um, where uh, they're actually ruining bits of the story for you. One little one, bit. one quest. But though. Still anything, anything that but, they ruin but, at this point takes away from the game. But I was very happy to see the extent they're taking your choices to in this game, since you don't have to have that nice wrapped up ending to go into a sequel. They're much more liberal with letting you fuck shit up. Yeah, I <laughs> like that as well. And if you're someone like me who's not going to reload their save game every time they make a choice they don't like, you guys, then that's uh, a really me. exciting thing. <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't I do know that you. all. I, not all the time. Sometime, but not all the time. Like in uh, Mass Effect, especially some of the best times I've had with the game and the things I've really enjoyed the most are when I made that wrong decision. My uh, soldier, his entire relationship with Jack, which I still think is one of the best character development pieces in the series, was a complete accident. But I stuck with it and it really paid off for me. Yeah, but you like to play freaking Star Wars without the notification if you're going light or dark side. Yeah, because I don't you care about the fucking points. Are, I care about the story. Yeah, yeah, checked, this was a story-driven podcast, <laughs> not a points-driven podcast. They are one and the same. All right. But no, I, I, again, I was watching those videos, and it was, I cannot wait to play it now. What it also did to me is it got me a lot more excited for the multiplayer stuff. I know it's all just hype and fancy angles and shit, but man, I cannot wait to be playing that. I'll play one or two matches, but... Yeah, but the stuff that you do in there is actually going to have an impact on the end of the story as well. Dude, come on. You're going to be on the 360 anyways. I've got the PC version. Which, like I was saying today on Twitter, (laughs) I actually scored a freaking collector's of the PC. The wife and I checked around while we were out at the mall, checked the, the EB games and the GameStop, and nobody had any left and then i was checking online everywhere hell even amazon is sold out of them and then i found one shop and it was like so i ordered mine so i get my i'm gonna get my nc7 patch (laughs) i'll sew that into my jacket (laughs) while we're still on the subject i also do like the level that they have the weapon customization at now yes not quite as mind-numbingly boring as the first game but also not as like completely non-existent as the second no, it looks very cool. Uh, staying with Mass Effect, there is an iOS game coming out as well. Oh, dude, I didn't even hear about this. This is awesome. So <laughs> I'm I'm so getting this. But what I love is that even this is going to affect the ending in the game. Yeah, the the How infiltrator awesome. game. Yes, the third person shooter where your objective. I'm guessing not as Shepard, but doesn't matter. Uh, what was the last one they had uh, for Mass Effect Two? It was uh, Galaxy. Uh, Whatever it was, like that starred Jacob instead of Shepard, yeah. so that was cool. Um, so you're breaking into the Cerberus base because, well, Cerberus isn't quite as chummy with you as they were in Mass Effect 2. <laughs> and freeing uh, prisoners they've captured and then searching for information. And that information you find can be applied to your war preparation for the big Reaper invasion. Freaking awesome. I oh, Dude, I can't wait. I, it, there was no date. I need to steal somebody's iPad. Oh, yeah. I, there was no date that I saw on this. Not that I could find either. But yeah, it did soon is all it said. But oh my and then god! Actually, today I was able to find a little more information about the Mass Effect data pad. Also, um, one of the cool like it's it's basically like a codex you can hold in your hands while you're playing the game. 
you can look up all the lore stuff. It has a full Mass Effect codex, and this is a free iPad app, they mind you. The entire Mass Effect codex at your fingertips. You'll get mail from your companions in the game based upon your decision. So it's not just you know the same crap for every person. Like if you piss off Liara, she's going to send you an angry email on your iPad. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it it also has its own special little galaxy map to um, draw out your actual galactic readiness on the iPad. Dude, so freaking awesome! Oh my god. I am so excited. Seriously. <laughs> it's funny because, again, I'm playing Terra, and then I was like, eh, I'm a little disappointed with this. And then I'm reading some of the stuff about Reckoning, and it's like, God, I hope it's better than what I'm reading in some cases. And it's like, God, Mass Effect 3 better not be disappointing. <laughs> That'll just kill me. I'll go into a depression. No podcast that week. <laughs> After Dragon Age 2, nothing is safe. Yeah, very, very true. Okay, let's move away from there. We also got some uh, DC Universe Online news, which is kind of interesting. Very interesting, actually, and to the point where I almost, almost Almost. could conceivably see myself being in a state where I would almost be ready to admit I might be willing to play again. So never going to happen is what you're saying. No, not at all. But there's that tiny, tiniest little sliver because they said in the latest content or not latest in the next content update, players are finally going to get their chance to face off with Brainiac, who was the game's uh, big villain when it launched a year and change ago. So uh, they they show off that it's actually going to they're not just adding a Brainiac boss battle. They're adding the entire island of Themyscira, which is uh, home to Wonder Woman and the Amazons, uh, adding a bunch of other stuff there as well. But it's really focusing on Brainiac. And what I like about this is they did have a plan. It They went astray at some point. But remember those really awesome cinematics we had? Um, the, the launch one and then the later one at the Fortress of Solitude with Luthor and Batman and just yeah. epicness. That's all coming together. Uh, we find out that Luthor wasn't quite as uh, virtuous as he made himself appear in the future. He's still fucking Lex Luthor. So, yes, he wanted all these heroes available to uh, resist Brainiac and all that. But ultimately, all this shenanigans going on has been a minor inconvenience to him because he's a boss character in an MMO. That's what he does. And it just preparation so that at the right moment, Luthor can step in and take over for Brainiac, and then he will be the dominant force in the world in the future. And then in that second trailer, that's where we got Batman. Mary saying, he's like, I'll get you, Luthor. And that's Batman steps into this scenario to not just cancel out Brainiac, but also Luthor as well. I, I'm looking forward to watching YouTube videos of people playing this. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem with this, though, is that this is going to be their in, in raid content, which means that if anybody would like to, you know, get back into the game to be able to experience any of this, they're looking at not just renewing their account or, you know, getting back in, but then they have to gear up their characters so that they can actually make it into this and a lot of people have put their accounts on on hold and aren't playing right now because of everything else that's out so i mean it would actually take quite a bit of work to get to the point where you could get to see some of this content because justifiably i would love to see this as well it would be pretty damn cool not to mention it's probably paid content too so you're not just gonna be able to oh yeah yeah definitely yeah (laughs) joe anything to say about it it's cool Okay. I uh, I think it's awesome. I think I'm with Vince, so I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna be really looking forward to watching people play it on YouTube. 
<laughs> All right, then. Let's get to something that is more interesting then, and that is The Last of Us. This is very, very interesting. The more that we're hearing about it as well and what's going on in that world, it's really getting my interest quite a bit. The Last of Us is one of those things, like we said last time, it just it kind of caught us off guard. And we've been seeing art assets for it. We didn't really hear anything about the story of the game. And, well, that's why we're here. So there was an interview with creative director Neil Druckmann and game director Bruce Straley um, with Game Informer. Uh, the game is set 20 years after an apocalypse. Well, we kind of figured that much at least. Um, however, what we didn't know is that it was an apocalyptic fungal outbreak. It wasn't a like, zombie invasion. It wasn't, you know, the end of the world, things like that. But it was you know, an, a fungus outbreak of some sort. Um, and it just basically decimated all of human society. The humans that exist tend to live in military-controlled safe zones or quarantine zones. Uh, Joel is the game's main protagonist. That's who we are going to be playing. And he is a black market jack-of-all-trades in his late 40s, which is kind of cool to me because that's very different than a lot of the other survival action games where the main protagonist tends to be like in their six, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20s, around that area. Um, so we get a much older protagonist, um, and he's emotionally broken by the catastrophe and living his daily life with basically his morals slowly fading away, which, okay, I can kind of get that so far. Um, he is contracted by an unknown person to smuggle 14-year-old Ellie, which I thought was really ironic that her name's Ellie because she looks damn just like Ellen Page, um, outside of one of the quarantine zones. So what winds up happening is the pair finds themselves stranded out in this, you know, sort of the wilds. And despite his waning moral fiber, um, he can't abandon Ellie to the ruins of the world, which prompts an all-or-nothing expedition to a secret safe haven beyond the control of the military. Uh, so it seems like it's borrowing from, like, the best end-of-the-world storylines to make one really awesome one. I agree. And the fact that this is being done by Naughty Dog... I Already, I have faith in what they're going to be doing with this. So the more that I've been reading about this, I actually watched part of the video as well, too. It's Again, it's, it's, it's a post-apocalyptic story, and it's one of those things. It's like when we were talking to um, Jonathan Mayberry on the Comic Book Informed podcast, because he wrote um, a couple of novels that were just that, post-apocalyptic zombie novels. And he was saying it's not about the zombies or things like that. It's about the interactions between the people. So what I'm seeing here is going to be a very, very strong relationship between him and, and Ellie. And it kind of made me think about Bioshock, infinite and how what's going to matter so much is going to be that relationship there as well so and i like most people too i love that setting i love that post-apocalyptic zombie setting and they put that nice little twist in it too with the fungal outbreak which it makes it more believable dude if you saw some of the fungal mm -hmm. shit that's that sound, oh. oh it's scary as hell oh, yeah. so uh, this is the more i'm hearing about this the more i'm interested but in a completely different way from Mass Effect, I'm at the point also where, and just like, but here though, I also don't want to know anymore. Because this is such a survival horror-esque game, the more I know going in, I think it's going to diminish my experience. Not just because... <sighs> no, in this case, I agree with you. Yeah, like it, it, it takes away the horror aspect. If I know everything that I'm going to be experiencing on the way in, when it finally does happen, it's not going to be exciting to me. No, and, and I do, I agree. 
Okay. There's a point where there's too much is what it really boils down well, to. Well, see, sadly, though, like, again, I, I've got a lot of faith in them. I've got a lot of faith in their ability to tell a story as well. And not just a very two-dimensional two story, but, like, the, the stories with Nathan Drake in all three of the, the, the Uncharted, there's a lot to it still. So I have faith that they're going to be able to do that with this, too. That being said, though... The, the potential for a thin story, when you're looking at, again, a post-apocalyptic zombie story, the potential is there that there might not be enough material for them to work off of. And, I, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping there's going to be a crap load of story there that can hold us for many hours. But that's why if they show us too much and then the game comes out and you realize that was pretty much it, then that'll be so disappointing. Yeah, the, the, the main draw of a post-apocalyptic, especially horror-themed uh, story, isn't so much the actual event itself. It's, you know, the characters and the way they react to that. And like, just look at Walking Dead. The zombies themselves aren't that interesting. It's the characters in the comic, not in the TV show. That's a completely different discussion. But Well, the budget but... was cut. That's why. <laughs> Carl got shot in the eye. I mean, there's only so much you could do. So, so going in with that blank slate for the characters ultimately, in my eyes, makes it more enjoyable. Okay, let's move on. How about Blizzard suing Valve? Anybody else thought this was hilarious? I'm sorry, but I it really, was a matter of time. Really I'm sorry. Thought it was hilarious. They didn't even come up with the freaking name, but they decide, nope, Dota is ours now. I thought this was absolutely hysterical. It was bound yeah. to happen. It was bound to really? happen. Really? I didn't think it yes. would. Well, think about it. They're, they're creating their own Dota game, right? They have their own Dota game. And it's going to be released relatively soon. So why wouldn't you go after somebody who's making, well, Dota 2? It, 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 was just a, it was just a matter of time. We're suing you over the rights to that thing we didn't make. Yeah, really? That's what it... <laughs> That's well, what it came Technically, Blizzard bought the rights off the people that made it. Like they now work, they they or they at least they did work for Blizzard at some point in time. So technically, they they kind of have a leg to stand on. They do own it, um, but yeah, no. I mean, anybody who's surprised by this, well, I'm really, really, you're surprised. I'm not surprised. It just makes me laugh. It just really, really, it's one of those. Come on, you're kidding me, right? You didn't even make this shit, and you're gonna sue somebody else. But, but. The case in point, the same thing with the double fine making well over a million. I'm like, hey, really? What the? We hell? called it. <laughs> yeah. Holy <laughs> crap, man! Since I was just listening to last week's episode before we started to see all the stupid stuff I said, I actually said double fine should have started a Kickstarter for their Psycho Nuts too. <laughs> they listened. They so you're welcome, world. <laughs> I'm just surprised that it's come to that now, though. That's what I'm well, thinking, because it's like, really, not only are we going to be paying for games, but now we got to pay beforehand to entice the developers to actually make the games. Hmm. I don't know. I don't see it as enticing them. They want to make it. The problem is, especially with this specific type of game, a point-and-click graphical adventure game, for me personally, still one of my favorite genres in gaming especially when you're talking about Tim Schafer, the guy who made most of the games I grew up with, like Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle and Grim Fandango, wanting to make another game in that exact same style. But the popular knowledge, and that's with all kinds of air quotes, is that nobody wants to play those types of games anymore. So he could not get the funding from a publisher to make the game, 
without having to resort to all sorts of constraints and restrictions that would have ultimately made the game not fun. So he's going outside the traditional publishing venue and looking for outside investments, which is something a lot of smaller developers do. They just do it privately. I think it's interesting that he actually is asking, not necessarily asking, uh, he's giving the gamers an opportunity to speak up and show the publishers that turned them down just how much demand there is for this type of game. And when they were only looking for $400,000 with a quarter of that going completely to a documentary from an unaffiliated company that just wanted to film them making this game and ending up with at last point 1.6 million, that shows an awful lot of demand for this type of game and an awful lot of faith in this particular developer. Because, yeah, 1.6 million, that's like five bucks at a time probably for most people. So it, it's very impressive and also it makes me very happy to see that there's still this much support for what's been termed a dead genre in gaming. And I don't think it's a bad thing either. I, I don't at all. I, I'm glad that people are so enthusiastic about the arts, whether it's in this case here, something like this, or we've seen Kickstarter programs for, you know, people who want to release albums or novels or whatever. I think it's fantastic. I just think it's funny because especially in, in terms of, of this here, it's the equivalent of the dev having a, a hat off on the corner asking for change from people. It's just because you're not getting anything back from that either. So... I think no, that it, it would have been. There's, it's 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 a lot like a PBS pledge drive. The people who are submitting certain quantities are getting stuff. They're going to get free copies of the game. They're going to get a hard copy of the documentary. They're getting value for their contributions. So it's not just them giving their money away. Mm. Okay. Joe's quiet. He's probably eating. That's what terrible. No, I'm I'm still here. I'm just I'm waiting for you guys to be done. But I'm 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 with Vince. It's really. <laughs> nice to see such an outpouring and such a demand for these games still because we were talking about it like you said we're, we're talking about Psychonauts 2 not getting made because of insufficient funding or because of lack of desire from you know the market so to speak well this pretty much proves that there's a market for this you know with all these people throwing money at it saying okay yeah you have your hand out here you go I want you to make this game I'm willing to put money down on it and to sort of see that sort of response, that's really awesome. And it makes me very happy because that means that, well, Psychonauts 2 will probably be in our hands at some point. And that's what I'm really getting out of it is just I get to have that awesomeness. I just hope it doesn't become the norm is probably the the main thing that I keep thinking is that I, I really hope it doesn't become the norm wherein the before games are made, it's going to be a pledge to try to make enough money for the developers to make it. I... I don't see that as a very positive thing myself. No, I've definitely seen some negative feedback uh, along the lines of established creators shouldn't be using Kickstarter. But when you're doing something that nobody else wants to give you money for, I, I think this is, it, this is your last option beyond just not making it. We've seen in the comic industry lately a lot of big established professionals like Garth Ennis and Warren Ellis, big names who could – if they walked into Marvel or DC today, could get a deal to write something that Marvel or DC wants them to. But they have ideas that no publisher wants to put money behind, so they're resorting to Kickstarter. Just e Even if they don't meet their goal, then that at least tells them, okay, nobody does want to see this, and it's a lesson learned. Yeah, true. Okay, with that, actually, you had more? No. 
sounded like it. No, sorry. You sure? Yeah. Well, I, you, I can keep just, talking. Now. No, you've said enough. <laughs> it's hard enough to shut you up and shut you up in the best of times. Sorry. Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> with that we're gonna call it a wrap for tonight thanks for everybody for joining us and uh we will be back next week with uh with some more fun and hopefully by next week maybe tart won't be making supper during recording that would be awesome that would be awesome because the microwave yeah, going yeah. what was in the microwave i need to know um i don't know okay because there was something Hoogs is wondering what was in the too. microwave tart Hoogs is wondering it was the spinach Spinach for the shells. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, Next we're done. At least bring it up for the whole class. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, people, if you need to reach us, of course, for the lore at gmail.com and on Twitter at for the lore. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kingdoms of Amalar, the Reckoning. It's been a week since the game's release. It has been an absolutely fantastic journey for anybody of the fantasy adventure genre, for fans of Ari Salvatore's writing, or for those that just appreciate Todd McFarlane's artwork. Since its release, it's been compared to a lot of other games out there. Skyrim, for example, is one of its most obvious competitors. The game, however, has its own unique flavor. Yes, characters are able to craft their own sort of class by specializing in the arcane or the stealth or their traditional sword and board style warrior. Attacks are brutal and unforgiving. Magics are brilliant and vibrant. The game itself has a more colorful look than most of the other action-adventure games of its type. Skyrim, if you ask anybody, they'll say that it's very pretty, but very gray. The Kingdoms of Amalur, however, you're going to have vibrant reds and yellows and blues and many, many others that are just pop out at you. It makes the world feel very alive and very high fantasy, which is very important in this game. The gameplay itself is very not unique and not so much tried and true, but it's taken from some of the best uh, control schemes that we have at this time. You have your mouse targeting, you have your left click and right click for combinations and spell castings, you have hot swapping between different uh, weapon weapons and abilities, you have quick cast bars that you can then put your special powers and abilities and magic on to quickly swap between them. The inventory system is nothing too extraordinary. But it all comes together in such a way that the game is very easy to traverse. Even if you don't spend any time going through the tutorials and instead choose to ignore them, you'll be able to participate in the game and participate in the world very, very quickly. The story itself is probably one of the more unique aspects of the game. Whereas before it's all about dragons and adventuring in gold and all sorts of traditional sort of fantasy stuff, this one, however, starts you off with being, well dead. You're brought back through the Well of Souls, a device used or created to battle the Fae in a war that's been going on between the humans and the Fae uh, for a while now. The Fae don't die. They are immortal. They don't truly pass on. So how do you combat that? Well, you try to make yourself immortal. You are the only success of an experiment. You awake to find, well, first of all, you're on a body of corpses. 
You make your way through. You present yourself, and all of a sudden there's a giant attack on the place where the Wall of Souls is located. You are the sole survivor. You manage to escape. And now your journey is to find out what your destiny is. Except you find out, well, technically you don't have a destiny. So you already died. So fate, she has nothing for you. There is no link between you and anywhere else. So you get to craft your own destiny. A very, very unique position among all the beings of Amalur. So what do you do? Well, you go through and you can choose your own path. You can deny quests. You can accept quests. You can shape battles. You can decide to help lonely strangers in the forest. You can decide to ignore them and let them suffer. But, on all, it's your choice. And that's kind of cool. Combat is very rewarding. With combination moves that you can learn, different abilities based on your weapons, uh, everything through the traditional sword and board warrior who wants to smash things down, to that of the high mage who wants to throw uh, tempests of fire and lightning around, to the thief who wants to s stealthily sneak behind their target and slit their throats before they notice what happened. You can combine them into make yourself a complete warrior. You're not sort of molded into one form or another. You don't have to pick one and specialize in only one to be the greatest at it. You can make a character who is that sword and board warrior, however, has enough magic that he can harpoon somebody towards him so that he doesn't have to close the gap. You can have yourself a mage who, instead of being reliant solely on his magic power, well, he can also get out there with a nice little broadsword and wreak some havoc when the time comes. The game allows you to customize your character and traverse the world in how you see fit. It's just a fantastic experience. It is well worth every penny. And 38 Studios and Big Huge Games has done a magnificent, magnificent job in creating uh, such a lovely fantasy experience. It hails with all the trademarks of those that have, have gone come together to, to complete this journey. You have former employees of Bethesda who used to work on Oblivion. You can see their touch in the world design. You have Ari Salvatore, a fantasy legend when it comes to writing such wonderful and vibrant worlds and characters. You can see his hand in every character interaction, or you can see his touch in the way that the world story unfolds. And then you have the art, the magnificent art of Todd McFarlane, who just does such an amazing job bringing a world of what would normally be gray, dull, and lifeless into this vibrant, uh, wonderful, just fully encapsulating world. The monsters, the NPCs, everything about this game is just absolutely engaging. If you have the time and the money, it is highly suggested that you pick it up and play for yourself, because... In now, now's gaming sphere, today's day and age, so to speak, it is so rare that you get the chance to make a character exactly how you want to traverse through somebody else's world. It is absolutely phenomenal, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's a fan of the action adventure genre or any of those involved in the project. Remember my hatred of Hellgate in that, like, episode two or three? Pales in comparison to that keyboard. 
when you Ooh. die. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what now? Your own personal hell is just being surrounded by people typing on that on keyboard. That kind of keyboard. 